Hey guys, what's up? Happy Friday and welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in this week for another episode of the B-Music Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. As always, we're going to analyze, review, and discuss the latest news and dive into the past regarding movies, music, video games, and much, much more. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at B-Music Reviews. And tune into the B-Music Reviews Podcast each week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and to hit the bell icon to receive notifications that informs you exactly when our podcast goes live, as well as all other video content. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.musicaprojects.com. There you will find all important links to our latest podcast episodes, new projects currently available, and also previews of those currently in development, along with our latest blog posts. If there's a question or a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send them to bmusereviews at gmail.com with podcast question slash topic in the subject line. With all that out of the way, let's not waste any more time and get right to this week's news. Welcome everyone to the BMuse Reviews podcast. Alright, and our first topic today, topic number one, Brendan Fraser was recently seen in tears following a six-minute standing ovation. Now, at the Venice Film Festival, they showed Darren Aronofsky's upcoming film starring Brendan Fraser entitled The Whale. Now, this comes to us from the New York Post. They detail this occurrence. Brendan Fraser reveled in the spotlight once again at the Venice Film Festival and was praised for his role in the upcoming Darren Aronofsky film, The Whale. The 53-year-old actor kept his best composure while walking the red carpet of the famed festival, only to break down in tears inside the cinema as theatergoers gave the star a six-minute standing ovation for his performance, according to Variety. Fraser, who has largely stayed out of the spotlight after addressing physical ailments, Due to performing many of his own stunts on screen, he's returning to the silver screen once again for what many believe could be an Oscar contending role as Charlie, a 600 pound gay man who feels as though his life is coming to an end. Frazier was noticeably moved by the response to the film and could barely stand up as the crowd cheered once the credits rolled when the movie was over in a video captured from inside the festival. Now. This is just so heartwarming to see and to hear, you know, I would, I think it's safe to say that everybody's rooting for Brendan Fraser to succeed. Everyone loves to see him on the big screen. A lot of individuals like myself grew up watching his movies, the mummy movies, George of the jungle. I mean, great movies uh, like school ties, um, other fun entertaining movies and roles that he's been in, such as Airheads and Bedazzled. I mean, the list goes on. This guy is incredibly talented, and just to see him in the spotlight again, it's really refreshing. 
it's awesome to see him succeed and get his time in the spotlight uh, that he really truly deserves and anytime you see someone you know showered with this much love and happiness and positivity and to see him become so overwhelmed by that it, you know it's truly heartwarming and couldn't happen to a nicer better person and we're all rooting for him i think i thought this was a really great topic to lead off with um, just really great to hear that brendan frazier is getting the recognition that he truly deserves for his performance in this film and i myself cannot wait to see it i've been saying it for months upon months now saying it way back i think even to when the movie was first announced that this is definitely one of those roles where don't be surprised if it gets a lot of oscar buzz and to see and to also see that validated by the theater goers who got to see this film at the venice film festival i think it's just i think the writing's on the wall this is definitely going to be an oscar contender and one that hopefully lands brendan Fraser a nomination and who's to say he won't win i mean there's definitely going to be a lot of competition and a lot of talent going up against but i mean there's no one more deserving and it would be wonderful to see uh this renaissance that we've seen concluding with the ultimate ending of an oscar winning performance in the upcoming darren ornoski film the whale just tremendous and definitely has us rooting for him to succeed in that venture for sure the whale is set to come out later this year i believe in november so we'll have to keep an eye out for that just look forward to seeing this film don't need to see a trailer for it at all just knowing this little bit about the movie i could definitely see this being uh, quite a moving film and very excited to check it out when it does come out in theaters all right and our next topic today topic number two paramount plus and showtime are reportedly combining into one single streaming platform. Now this comes to us from MSN. Paramount Global CEO Bob Backish confirmed that the company has held preliminary discussions about possibly winding down Showtime's standalone streaming service and shifting its program to Paramount+. Plus. When asked about it during an appearance at the Goldman Sachs Communicopia and Tech Conference, Backish did not hold back. He said the reports on Tuesday, including deadlines, stemmed from talks with a distribution partner amid renewal discussions. Media distribution agreements now encompass streaming alongside linear carriage, making for a complex set of moving parts and fluctuation in fees, all at a sensitive time given the ongoing shrinkage of the traditional bundle. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the offer right now, as it stands, is for Paramount Plus and Showtime together in a monthly essential plan bundle. Uh, it's valid for new and returning customers, but the offer expires October 2nd of 2022. After the free trial period, the bundle subscription will automatically renew on a monthly basis and it'll be about $7.99 when all is said and done. And you know what? And the thing is, you know, I myself had Showtime for quite a while, uh, for about two to three year period. I've had Showtime, I would say, give or take. And I recently canceled it earlier this year, you know, with the amount of content that is just diversified throughout the streaming platform so far, all the original content and also the content that and all the theatrical content that joins the streaming platforms later on. Showtime just 
wasn't one that was going to be utilized as often. And for a price of $4.99 for Showtime alone, it just wasn't worth it. Uh, but knowing now that the Showtime content will be combined into a bundle deal with Paramount Plus, that definitely makes it more intriguing. And I think that it makes the deal more worth it, especially if you are looking to keep Showtime. I think that's probably the best bet. But as mentioned, this offer does expire for the Essential Plan bundle, and it will expire October 2nd of 2022. So make sure that you take advantage of that while you can. All right, in our next topic today, topic number three, Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley is now in production. The next installment into the Beverly Hills Cop franchise is on its way. This comes to us from What's on Netflix. Beverly Hills Cop 4 is an upcoming Netflix original comedy film and will serve as the fourth installment of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. Netflix was first announced to receive the movie back in November of 2019. After years of delays, rewrites, and moving to different studios in 2019, it was confirmed that the long-awaited sequel would be distributed exclusively by Netflix. Its last major delay was back in 2015 when Paramount yanked the movie from its supposed 2016 release. On August 29th, Deadline revealed two new cast members for the fourth installment and confirmed the movie's official title. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, also seen in the movie Inception, The Dark Knight Rises, as well as The Trial of the Chicago 7, joins the cast alongside Taylor Page, known for her role in Zola as well as Sharp Stick. The new update suggests that the film will be entitled Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley and is due to get underway filming August 29th, 2022. Filming will officially wrap up at the end of October of 2022. Well, this is really exciting. Beverly Hills Cop is an absolute classic franchise. The first one especially is just fantastic. If you have not ever seen the Beverly Hills Cop movies, definitely recommend checking them out. I myself have only seen the first one. I do need to catch up and watch the second and the third one before seeing this film. That's something I'm looking forward to doing for sure. And also we'll be sure to include a retro review segment after we watch each one of those. Classic franchises like this, you can't go wrong. An absolute guilty pleasure of mine is just watching the sequels after sequels after sequels that came out for these franchises in the 80s and throughout the 90s as well. So to know that it's continuing, Netflix, I think you, know, you really can't go wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's a franchise that will definitely make money. Having Eddie Murphy at the helm of this makes it that much better. Absolutely can't wait to see this film when it comes out. I believe later, I believe this is set to come out sometime in 2023. So we'll look out for that. Um, when more news does come out confirming its official release date and obviously when we get a first trailer and a first look but the film is set to wrap up in October of 2022 so definitely sometime in 2023 we should expect to see this film what are your thoughts are you excited to see another installment to the Beverly Hills Cop franchise are you a fan of the franchise have you ever seen the films have you never seen the films be sure to write to us and let us know your thoughts and if you're watching on YouTube be sure to comment below and let us know your thoughts. Now our next topic today, topic number four, GameStop film entitled Dumb Money officially adds Pete Davidson, Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stan, and Paul Dano. Now this comes to us from The Wrap. 
director Craig Gillespie has a star-studded cast for his film about the madness surrounding the GameStop stock squeeze called Dumb Money, which is set to star Seth Rogen, Pete Davidson, Sebastian Stan, and Paul Dano, all leading the cast. Based on Ben Mesrich's book, The Anti-Social Network, Dumb Money tells the tale of riches won and lost overnight in the David versus Goliath GameStop short squeeze that took Wall Street by storm in January 2021. Using the subreddit Wall Street Bets, a group of private investors and internet trolls banded together to take down one of the biggest hedge funds of Wall Street, a move that threatened to upend the establishment. Now, principal photography will begin in October for this film. And I got to tell you, seeing the talent involved in this film automatically makes me excited. Pete Davidson really wasn't too much of a fan, you know, haven't been too much of a fan of SNL and uh, haven't really gotten the chance to see him do too much um, prior to seeing The King of Staten Island. Do yourself a favor. If you've never seen that movie, watch it. It's fantastic, and he's fantastic in it, and won me over, and I will definitely see this film. Definitely intrigued and more interested in seeing this film, knowing that he's just a part of it. Adding him alongside Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stant, and Paul Dano. Huge Paul Dano fan. Especially seeing Paul Dano, not only as the Riddler in the most recent Batman film, but just his whole body of work uh, in general. This is an incredibly star-studded cast, and... I am automatically excited for this film. I'm interested in seeing uh, how this all plays out and really don't need to see any trailer, don't need to see anything else. Just knowing who's involved in this film, the short premise of the movie, I can fully go into this blind and I'm sure I would have a great time. Definitely excited to see that this is in the works and that principal photography is set to begin this October. We'll be sure to keep our eye out for more news when it does arrive. In the meantime, what are your thoughts? Are you excited to see this film, Dumb Money? What are your thoughts on this very stacked cast? Be sure to write to us and let us know. All right, and our next topic today, topic number five. Scream 6 is set to take place in New York City. This comes to us from IMDb News. Ghostface is officially coming to the Big Apple. Scream 6 star Melissa Barrera revealed that the upcoming franchise installment set for a March 31st, 2023 release date will take place in New York City, a far cry from the longtime slasher setting of Woodsboro. Set after the events of 2021 Scream, the survivors from the previous film are seeking a fresh start after outlasting Ghostface's terror in suburbia. Yet the move to the big city comes with a new set of horrifying truths it's like 20 times more horrifying barrera told collider about the new york city location it's awful because you also see how in a city like new york city everyone is doing their own thing and someone is screaming for help and no one will come to their help well damn um you know that that, she's got a point and that's honestly a really interesting way of looking at it When I first heard that Scream 6 was going to take place in New York City, my first immediate thought was Friday the 13th part, I don't know if it's 6 or 7 or 8, I can't remember, but the one where uh, Jason takes Manhattan, basically, that's the title. I can't remember which part off the top of my head, but 
Jason Takes Manhattan was the very first thing that came to my mind uh, just when hearing uh, a horror movie taking place in New York City. Obviously, with the Scream franchise, Ghostface is not a supernatural being. You know, they are not a, uh, some supernatural, all undead, can't be killed creature. Like, Jason Voorhees is completely supernatural, can withstand a, a million stab wounds and and being shot and run over by a bus and thrown off a cliff or lit on fire, whatever. I mean, dude can't be killed. And so with Ghostface, it's more so it has a more realism element to it in the sense that it could be anybody and that people are psychotic enough where, you know, in a big city like New York City, there's bound to be some, you know, nut jobs out there. And, you know, as Melissa Barrera points out, in a large crowd, when there's tons of noise and you're outside and all these distractions and someone might be screaming for help and just their screams may be just completely drowned out by the, the honking of the horns constantly, uh, you know, music, people just talking in large gatherings, you know, you name it. So it does add a very, very horrifying truth to the mix. And also it, it's, you know, 20 times more mortifying as she states. I'm definitely intrigued by this. I'm interested to see where the film goes. The last installment I was pleasantly surprised by. And I think that, you know, as we stated before, they definitely pumped another 10 to 20 years into this franchise for sure. Um, and it's great to see that it continued because seeing a storied, successful franchise like Scream continue and also not only just continue, but with a purpose and and also with a statement as well. I mean, the last movie was hardcore and it definitely did not hold back at all. So I'm definitely interested to see where this film goes and we will be there. Uh, when it does come out, as stated, it's set to release March 31st, 2023. So, so you can bet that we will be there when it opens up. But definitely curious to know what your thoughts are. Are you all caught up on the Scream franchise? Have you ever seen any of the Scream movies? What's your favorite out of the franchise thus far? Are you excited to hear that the next film will take place outside of Woodsboro and in New York City? I know in the third film, it takes place in Los Angeles. And most of it's on like movie sets and all throughout Hollywood and stuff. So it's cool to see that this film will also be taking a break from Woodsboro, the iconic location from all the movies, and explore the Big Apple, though, for a change. So, so curious to know what you're all thinking. Be sure to write to us and let us know your thoughts. All right, and getting into some video game news now, Nintendo Switch Online, the 2022 lineup and 2023 lineups have been officially revealed. This comes to us from Game Revolution. Many new Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass games have been announced during the September 13th Nintendo Direct Showcase. The following Nintendo 64 games are coming to the Nintendo Switch. Pilot Wing 64, Mario Party, Mario Party 2, Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, 1080 snowboarding, Excite Bike 64, and they gave us the Holy Grail at the very end by announcing GoldenEye included with those lists of releases. Three of the titles mentioned will be released in 2022. 
These include Pilotwing 64, Mario Party 3, and Mario Party 2. All other games will launch in 2023. GoldenEye is obviously arguably the biggest reveal, especially with it having online play as well. That means that players will be able to experience the legendary multiplayer component online. I mean, I'm getting flashbacks just thinking about it. Playing GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64, I never owned a Nintendo myself. A lot of my friends own Nintendos. My first ever console was the original PlayStation. And it's still to this day my favorite console just because it was my first. And I remember vividly going to all my friends' houses, playing Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 all night long. So I have a lot of great memories when thinking about these iconic Nintendo games and just knowing that they're, they're still hanging around and coming back now for new audiences to play, which is really great because, you know, a lot of younger players now, they, they don't have experience with these iconic games. And they'll have the opportunity to not only play, you know, Mario Parties 1, one 2, and 3, uh, Pokemon Stadium, but also get the chance to play GoldenEye, get to experience the legendary multiplayer component of GoldenEye online as well. I mean, that's... It doesn't get better than that and to know that an all-new generation will be able to create those iconic memories and also have that to hold on to it's just fantastic because i vividly remember and cherish those memories of hanging out with all my friends and playing golden eye all night now that having the online mode you don't have to be there in person you can still play with all your friends so that's really exciting to hear i love that they uh, retro games continue to live on and carry out their legacy for generations to come awesome news and in more awesome game news, our next topic today, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has officially been announced. This news comes to us from IGN. The sequel to Breath of the Wild is inching ever closer, and thanks to the newest trailer, we now know a whole lot more. We know it's officially called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And we also know that it's coming out on May 12th, 2023. We've been given some intriguing hints about the game's story, world, and its mechanics. This is awesome. Absolutely awesome to hear. And anytime Zelda news comes out, it literally almost breaks the internet. And speaking of just absolute legendary video game franchises, you cannot look further than The Legend of Zelda. I remember wanting to get into these games for the longest time and mentioning playing Nintendo, especially Nintendo 64 uh, with my friends growing up. I never got the chance to play Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask when the games originally came out. Um, you know, seeing that I didn't have a Nintendo, I only had original PlayStation as my first console. I did not get to play a lot of the iconic Nintendo uh, franchises that are still beloved today. And that included Legend of Zelda. So my first exposure to Legend of Zelda came when I was in college. I remember asking a friend of mine who I knew that they were really big into Zelda and had played pretty much all of the games 10 times over. I asked them, you know, where would they recommend me start? Myself as a retro game enthusiast, where should I start when it came to Legend of Zelda? They thought about it for a few minutes and they said... Honestly, one of the best stories to start with and a nice introduction into the world of Zelda 
would be to play The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap. So now this game is for the Game Boy Advance specifically. I was able to find a copy of the game for about $15 uh, on eBay at the time. And it's now worth over, I believe, $60 uh, just by itself, which is crazy to think. I definitely lucked out in finding that copy. And they were right. They were absolutely right. I had never played... Not only had I never played such an awesome, intriguing game like the Minish Cap before, where where the whole world within the game is just rich with story and just keeps you just keep you so intrigued to what's going on and your objectives in the game but ultimately but knowing also how the game truly utilizes the full potential of the Game Boy Advance as well as the console it's really fun to play and I myself would recommend that game to anybody I have not played Breath of the Wild and knowing that Tears of the Kingdom is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild I definitely need to catch up well, with my Legend of Zelda gameplay experience but overall it's just nice to know and to hear that this successful and storied franchise is continuing and will continue for years to come curious to know what your thoughts are though did you get the chance to play breath of the wild uh what did you think are you excited to hear that this sequel tears of the kingdom is on its way and will be released may 12th 2023 have you ever played legends of zelda the minish cap uh, what are your thoughts specifically on that game i'd definitely love to know uh, your thoughts and um, experience playing that game specifically. What would you recommend players as the next game to play after finishing Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap if it's their first time playing a game in the franchise? Whatever your thoughts are, let us know. Be sure to write to us. All right, in our next topic today, returning and doing an album review this week. This week, we're taking a look at the latest album from Shinedown entitled Planet Zero. Planet Zero is the seventh studio album from American rock band Shinedown, and it was released on July 1st, 2022. The release date was originally set for April 2022, but was postponed due to a delay in CD and vinyl production. The album topped the all-genre Billboard Top Album Sales chart for the very first time for the band. And honestly, it's 100% earned. I just saw them in concert. It was my fifth time seeing them all together. The first time I ever saw Shinedown was back on the Sound of Madness tour. And I'll tell you what, they have only gotten better and better and better as time goes on. Seeing them live, their albums, their music, they just don't miss a beat. Shinedown is one of the last few remaining rock bands that are still pumping out great tunes and still killing it on tour each and every year i cannot recommend to you enough to see them live if you've never seen them live take the opportunity to see them you will not be disappointed they put on a hell of a show and their music is just the cherry on top because the lyrics to the music are poetic the band members all throughout are just incredibly talented and they put on a kick-ass show favorite tracks on this new album specifically are planet zero the title of the album dysfunctional you america burning hope and also the track daylight those five tracks are definitely i would say the top five on this album specifically but the album from beginning to end is just simply fantastic 
definitely recommend taking the time to listen to this album. If you're ever looking for something to listen to, don't go any further. Check out this new album from Shinedown, Planet Zero. You can't go wrong. Hey guys, just want to take a minute to give a major shout out and say thank you to the sponsor of this week's episode of the Muse Reviews podcast, Marla Jean Boutique. If you are seeking a gift either for yourself or a loved one who finds value in handmade items, then look no further than Marla Jean Boutique. She has a collection of trendy handmade items including clothing, wine bags, jewelry, and much, much more. Use the promo code BMUSEREVIEWS10 at checkout to receive 10% off your entire purchase. Connect with Marla Jean Boutique on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Marla Jean Boutique, and be sure to visit their website at www.marlajeanboutique.com. And once again, be sure to use the promo code BMUSEREVIEWS10 at checkout to receive 10% off your entire purchase. And now, back to the podcast. All right, and our next topic today, some new trailers that recently debuted, starting with Black Adam Trailer 2. This film looks awesome. Really loved seeing Viola Davis reprise her role as Amanda Waller in this movie. When seeing this trailer, I, I was listening, I'm like, it's definitely Amanda Waller talking. It's, it's Viola Davis. And sure enough, it was. I think she's just incredible. She really is just incredible. It is truly perfect casting seeing Viola Davis as Amanda Waller as well. Her in Suicide Squad. Um, she popped up in, I believe, Batman vs. Superman and uh, Justice League as well, um, if I'm not mistaken. Truly perfect casting. Really glad to see that the continuity has stayed true in the DCEU, at least to the point of seeing Viola Davis on the screen. Anytime she's on the screen, that is a W in my book. Also in this trailer, we get to see the full look of Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate looks great. Absolutely looks great. Adam Smasher popping up in the trailer as well. Just awesome. Uh, super excited to see this film. I know it releases in October, October 21st to be specific. Really looking forward to seeing this film. And I'm hoping that eventually we get a showdown of Black Adam and Shazam and or Black Adam and Superman. Give it to us, please. Give it to us, please. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but October 21st, Black Adam hits the big screen. What are your thoughts? In the next trailer that we recently seen, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Now, this film follows famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc as he travels to Greece for his latest case. This film is written and directed by Ryan Johnson and also stars Daniel Craig returning as Benoit Blanc alongside newcomers Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Katherine Hahn, Janelle Monet, Leslie Odom Jr., and Ethan Hawke. Now, some of the early reviews for this film are going as far as to say that it even surpasses the original film, Knives Out, which no one even thought was remotely possible, to be honest. And that's honestly really great to hear. Makes me that much more excited to see this film. And I know they're still in talks to get this film in theaters, at least on a select theater limited release. I definitely hope to see this film on the big screen in some capacity. I know it's a Netflix film, but a film like this, you really can't go wrong with putting it in theaters 
and then putting it on streaming. It only makes its streaming debut that much more impactful and that much more successful. And past studios who have done that and followed that model, they've seen it worked for them. And it's been the most successful model used by studios recently. Just look at Top Gun Maverick, for instance. So really hope to see this film on the big screen. It comes out later this year in 2022. No specific release date has been announced just yet, but it will be soon enough. What are your thoughts on the trailer, though? Are you excited to see this sequel uh, to Knives Out? Not sure if this movie will have any attachment to the previous film. However, the stacked cast alone, insanely excited for this film. And knowing that Daniel Craig is back as Benoit Blanc, you can't go wrong. Seems to have so much fun in that role, and how could you not? How could you not? Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery coming later this year. And now the last trailer that we recently saw released is for Steven Spielberg's upcoming film entitled The Fablemans. This film centers around growing up in the post-World War II era in Arizona specifically. And a, as a young man named Sammy Fableman discovers a shattering family secret and explores on how the power of films can help him see the truth. This film is written by Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg, directed by Steven Spielberg, and stars Michelle Williams, Gabriel LaBelle, Paul Dano, Judd Hirsch, and Seth Rogen. It is set to be released in theaters November 23rd, 2022. Now, before seeing the trailer for this film, obviously you knew that this was loosely based on Steven Spielberg's childhood growing up, and to know that it is directly translated to the screen and the Spielberg magic just never ceases to amaze me. You see the look in the eyes of the main character uh, in terms of the the transcendence from hobby to this is everything. And, you know, character even mentions in the trailer, please don't call it a hobby. You know, filmmaking is everything to them and you can see that on screen and the reviews for this film are impeccable they're saying that you know this really does capture the spielberg magic of old and really excited to see this film when it does come out it's set to be released november 23rd of 2022 and also again just the cast alone you cannot go wrong michelle williams gabriel labelle definitely curious to know what your thoughts are uh, did you get a chance to see this trailer for the fablemans are you excited to see the film what is your favorite Steven Spielberg movie to date? Be sure to write to us and let us know your thoughts. All right, and our next topic today. Recently got a chance to see the film Vengeance, which follows a writer from New York as he attempts to solve the murder of a girl he once hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what exactly happened to her. I'll tell you what, this film was a delightful surprise. Didn't really know too much going into it except for that one sentence synopsis. And honestly, I would recommend doing the same. Know as little as you can going into this film. I had a lot of fun with this film. And it's definitely one of the most surprising films, I think, of the year so far in terms of what it presents. It's a very fun film. It's very well written. Written by BJ Novak and directed by BJ Novak. Also starring him as well. Um, alongside Boyd Holbrook, Dove Cameron, Issa Rae, and Ashton Kutcher. This film was a lot of fun, and I highly recommend giving it a chance. It's a very fun film. It's original, 
and definitely one of the most surprising films of the year. And as of right now, I could definitely say it makes the top 10 films for the year for myself so far. Before the new year, we'll be sure to present our list for top 10 movies of the year. And as of now, you can definitely be sure that Vengeance is on that list. If you get a chance, definitely check it out. Now for our next film review today, recently got a chance to see 3,000 Years of Longing. This film centers around a lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul as she discovers a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. This film is written and directed by George Miller, stars Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. And this is yet another film that I walked into knowing zero about. I think it was myself and maybe one other person in the theater while seeing this film. I knew nothing about this film. I didn't even know that it was a George Miller film before going to see it. I had no idea that George Miller had written and directed this film. All I knew is from the poster that you can see on your screen, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. And honestly, I was sold just on that alone. It seemed intriguing and weird enough. And boy, oh boy, was it that. I can understand why, why this film is getting such mixed reviews. It is very different, very different. And it takes a lot of creative chances. And that is something that I appreciate for sure. That doesn't always land well. And it doesn't always work for other people. I think that definitely comes through in the mixed reviews that this film is receiving. I'm not going to get into any spoilers about what this movie entails. However, that one sentence synopsis is all you really need to know going into it. It's very different. And it's not necessarily a long movie or anything like that. Um, about an hour and 30, hour and 40 minutes total in runtime. The film almost on screen is presented as a almost a theatrical play in a sense of the way it unfolds it's told almost through story in a sense so i don't want to say too much more than that very different film but also very intriguing and the creative liberties that were taken in this film are something that i can always appreciate and do appreciate so kudos to george miller for for taking a shot with this movie definitely not always going to land with everybody and uh, that seems to be the case here. But for what it was, it definitely kept my intention and intrigue throughout the film. Curious to know what your thoughts are. Have you seen 3,000 Years of Longing? Are you not at all interested in seeing the film? If you did get a chance to see the film, what are your thoughts? Write to us and let us know. All right, in our final topic today and final film review, recently got a chance to see the horror film Barbarian. This film was bonkers straight bonkers i'm not going to say anything about this film this is a completely non-spoiler review go into this film knowing almost nothing about it watch the trailer if you have to but honestly just go in blind go in at knowing as little about this movie as possible the only thing that i'll say this is the one little short sentence synopsis on from imdb which states that this movie is about a woman staying at an Airbnb that discovers the house she has rented is not what it seems. That is it. That is all I'm telling you, and that is honestly all you need to know. This film this film was written and directed by Zach Kreger and stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, and Richard Brake. This movie was straight bonkers. 
in the best of ways. If you follow us on Twitter, you know that we tweeted out our review of this film after seeing it. We called this a very, very dark, very disturbing, and downright gritty film. But I loved every second of it. Every moment of this movie I loved. It is horrifying. <laughs> it is a horrifying movie. It is deeply disturbing. And and, and and honestly, the brilliant mind of Zach Kreger was on full display in this movie. Knowing that disturbing does not necessarily have to translate to violence and gore. Disturbing is something that, you know, disturbing imagery and themes in a movie can just ultimately just be mind-bending and mind-altering and, and you know, make you question, like, what am I looking at right now? Like, what is going on? And, and see, when seeing films in the past that have brought those themes to light and to the forefront, I think to Jordan Peele and M. Night Shyamalan. Specifically, M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. I remember seeing in the theaters uh, when I was young, and if you've ever seen Signs, you know what I'm talking about, where Mel Gibson's out in the cornfield by himself, and you know he he, uh, he, he drops his flashlight and he's looking for it, and as soon as he picks it up and he turns it back on, he's shining at the at the corn, and all you see is the foot walk into the into the corn. He's by himself, and you're like immediately the music hits, and you're like, "What is that? What was that?" Like that is the kind of tension that I'm talking about that can gradually be built and built and built throughout the film until you know, more and more information is finally presented to you. It's slowly peeled back layer by layer, slowly peeled back one by one, and you get little doses of information here and there as time goes on. But you're not going to get the full thing until the very end. And that is why I say go into this film knowing as little about it as possible. Barbarian is definitely in the top 10 for the year. This movie was such a surprise. I remember seeing the original trailer for it and immediately being intrigued by it. This film does not disappoint. This is a horror thriller through and through. And again, congratulations to everyone involved in the making of this horror gem. Just hope that we can get more films like this in the future. Honestly, the performances were fantastic. Zach Kreger knocked it out of the park with this film. And really hoping to see more from him in the future and just more films like this in general. If you haven't already, go into this movie knowing nothing about it at all, as little about it as humanly possible. Go into the coldest, darkest theater you possibly can find and bring as many friends with you as possible. Have a great time with this movie because I surely did. And I recommend you do the same. Can't go wrong. Barbarian out in theaters right now definitely go see it if you did get a chance to see barbarian what were your thoughts what did you think be sure to write to us and let us know and that just about wraps up this installment of the bmuse reviews podcast i'm your host brandon musica be sure to follow us on instagram tiktok and twitter at bmuse reviews and be sure to listen every week on spotify anchor google podcasts and all other streaming platforms if you're watching on youtube be sure to like Leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the bell icon to receive notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast and all other videos are out. 
And as mentioned, be sure to visit our website, www.musicoprojects.com. There you'll find all the links to our social pages, links to our latest podcast episodes, and also be able to read our latest blog posts as well. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode of the Muse Reviews podcast, so stay tuned for more. And as always, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.